Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. December 9th, 2015, and welcome to the Mothership Broadcast of the WCWS Radio Network, WCWS Revolution. I am, of course, Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw back on the line here with you. <clears throat> Sorry about, uh, about the throat there, but uh, we'll get that cleared up here before the night's end. Um, joining me here right now at this time on the chat box, I mean, well, not on the chat box, but on the line here. Is of course a uh, uh, 2015 uh, WWS Hall of Famer, as well as of course uh, another uh, uh, big part, of course, of Revolution and Wolfpack here during the week. But of course, also a humongous part of, of course, our three of our other shows. Of course, uh, WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon at three, uh, WWS Indie Outlook uh, Sunday nights at seven, and WWS Wrestling Revisit every Tuesday night at seven. The one and only Iceman, J.D. Jared D. Girolamo. Uh, and of course, we'll have others here join us here momentarily. But J.D., welcome to the Wednesday edition of WCWUS Revolution. It's good to be here. Thank you very, very much, J.D. Of course, tonight we'll be bringing you, of course, our wrestling news of the day. Of course, provided by our own Iceman, J.D. Jared D. Girolamo, who's been keeping them all warm uh, here for us here, uh, just in time, just in time to inform us of some. A bit of some big time stories here in the world of pro wrestling. Momentarily, we hope to have the human suplex machine John Gross join us for his wrestling history and wrestling birthdays. Plus, our wrestler profile series will uh, will also commence. Of course, we'll also uh, 
take a guess as to who that, that, that is going to be. Uh, of course, like he says, it's always a surprise when we come, when it comes to our wrestler profile series. But I think it'll be, I think you'll like the, the the choice here for this evening. Plus, also of course, with time allotted, our most infamous segment of all wild and wicked fantasy matchups. You care to join myself or JD or anyone else who does who does come on our show here tonight? Please join us as always at the phone number always on the radio network is one seven two four. 444-7444, call ID 138055-POUND, and press that 1 if you'd like to have any questions for myself or JD or, like I said, any one else of our members of our infamous panel, way too tough to handle, that will join us here this evening. Please feel free, and we'll, be, we'll present to everyone right here around the table and on the air. Of course, we're always live here, ladies and gentlemen, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday night at, from 9 to 11 right here on TalkShoe.com. As is, of course, the second installment of the radio network, NWO Wolfpack, of course, every Thursday night from 9 to 11, also on TalkShoe.com. And, of course, uh, while we while we await the arrival of several other members of the panel, way too tough to handle, our own Iceman, J.D. Giorgio of course, has been keeping some storage warm for us, as, as, as tonight, man, in the Revolution News Desk. So, uh, J.D., go ahead, my man, and uh, present, to, pre- present to us what we have on the table here this evening. Well, earlier today, however, we understand that Daniel Bryan was quoted in the new paper in Singapore about his uh, health status and whether or not he will be returning to the WWE. Recently, he was quoted, however, of saying this, I think it could be the end of my career in WWE, but I don't think it will be the end of my career. I could find another passion, but it would just be sad because this is what I've been most passionate about since I was five. As you know, he's been out of action, as you know, since earlier this past spring. However, due to an injury, he suffered, however, following WrestleMania 31. Meanwhile, however, there was an incident last night during SmackDown tapings in Jacksonville, Florida, according to reports, where a family had to be escorted out of the arena by security. It appears that the issues began when two young boys called Roman Reigns a derogatory word during his entrance. This led to some comments from other fans in that section, and the boy's mother did not respond well to people talking to her sons. As a result, the mother then got into an argument with other fans who were accusing them of taking photos of her kids. Security saw there was a situation brewing, and the family causing the problems was then shortly thereafter. Removed. Meanwhile, speaking of uh, hospital, however, we understand that Cody Rhodes was hospitalized briefly, however, for a short time after Monday night's show in Charleston, South Carolina. He apparently took got injured, I believe, in the matchup with Jack Swagger, however, and he was quoted as saying afterward when he uh, had a chance to say, quote, thanks to all the folks at Roper Hospital for being so accommodating and efficient. No fractures, so that is a good sign, needless to say, in more ways than one. Meanwhile, however, other news, of course, we understand Ric Flair, of course, possibly spoiled baby the WrestleMania 32 match that his daughter might be having, as we talked about it last night, however, on the news desk, however, on a recent episode of his podcast today, Woo Nation, Ric Flair said he heard who might be wrestling his daughter Charlotte in Dallas, and this is what he had to say. From what I've heard, Charlotte's going to either wrestle Sasha Banks or Bailey, which would be great. Either one of them, I am just so thrilled for her. I hope that she's in that position and that she's there doing that. Things could change tomorrow, but I think that Sasha or Bailey would be the two that I think are my favorite. Nothing against the other girls. I like them all. But I think Bailey, that Bailey and Sasha and Charlotte, the three of them, have phenomenal chemistry. So we'll be keeping our eyes and ears glued to that. And finally, speaking of injuries, however, Sting was a guest on Ric Flair's podcast earlier today and addressed his neck injury, and this is what he had to say about it. Yeah, MRIs and neurologists have been looking at it. Dr. Maroon out of Pittsburgh, he's looked at it. He's telling me that I'll have to have surgery. 
the dust only in the last couple of weeks has have, has kind of started to settle a little bit for me. Just trying to get so much done in life, but now it's time to go get this thing taken care of. No, I'm hoping they don't have to do a fusion surgery. I know that's one of the techniques they use, however, and I'm not sure if Dr. Marone will have to do that or not. I've got two spots in my neck that are troublesome. I guess that's what they call a cervical spinal stenosis. That's what it is. I have two areas in my neck where the spinal canal, which holds the spinal cord, is kind of choked off in two different locations. Lucky that a catastrophe didn't happen that night. Long story short, I've got to go get it fixed. I guess John Cena had something very similar as he had his fixed, and Dr. Marone has done excuse me, several of the WWE guys up there and all of great success. So all of us are uh, not sure yet when he will be having surgery, but we will be keeping you eye, keeping you up to date on that. And finally, however, Ronda Rousey was quoted as saying in the LA Times, however, she plans on rematching Holly Holm. Of course, the fight that happened just a short time back in which Holm docked out Rousey in Australia. It was quoted in the USA Today, however, that Dana White has said, according to the LA Times, however, that apparently, however, that it's, quote, next, Rousey next for Holm with a date cleared possibly for July 9 next year at the new arena in Las Vegas, however, as Holm's manager, Lenny, Versquez told the Times on Tuesday afternoon that he met with USC officials last week and has received a proposal for the fight, but it's expressed concerns that Rousey may not be ready following that second-round knockout loss just a month ago in Australia. Versquez was quoted as saying, How I'm not sure if Ronda will be ready for a July fight. She took a severe beating. I don't think it's in her best interest to take the next fight so quickly. They told me she's already been cleared and ready to go again, but at this point, however, we're not sure if that's going to be the case or not. However, we will keep you up to date with this story. So that is what we got right now. And if we hear anything else, we will let you know right away. All right, JD. Thank you very much, there. Of course, uh, <clears throat> of course, big big time news going on here right now. Um, of course, we we mentioned before the show here tonight about the Ronda Rousey situation. Um, I believe you also mentioned to me, mentioned to me before that if <clears throat> if uh, after if when she does compete against uh, a re- in this rematch, and if she does not does not come out the way she hopes, then she, and you sense that it might pretty much uh, she might pretty much end her career. In yes, she is talking about hanging it up. She says if she does not win this time, how get the belt back that she lost less than a month ago. However, yes, she plans on hanging it up. That is correct. So of course we 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 posed the question. Of course, you know that this could lead to a possible. Uh, something that something else that she has become very very fascinated with and interested in, and that is of course obviously uh, a run in the WWE. Just like of course following <clears throat> the suit of course Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those, as they say, of course in the world of you no know, fighting, regardless if it's MMA, UFC, WWE, whatever. I guess I guess they're all positives now. You know anything can pretty much happen. Mm-hmm. So. We have to definitely keep our eyes and ears open on that, and, and um, see and see and see, you know, what will come as the result result of this uh, of this fight. Uh, of course, also you mentioned, of course, Daniel Bryan. I mean, that would be uh, that would be pretty much a dark shame. Uh, <clears throat> I, I know that he's been accident prone here here recently. Of course, uh, you know, even though he's you know being able to hold on to. Of course, the main belt, the World Heavyweight Champion, the WWE World Heavyweight Title, and of course, the Intercontinental Title. Not too long after that, but of course, sadly, not been able to keep him long enough because, of course, due to both occasions, due to injury. And 
uh, of course, now say, you know, that his career may pretty much be done. Yes. That'd be, <clears throat> that, of course, is pretty much a darn shame. And so, right, too, but I just hope that, you know, he still says, uh, he's, he's still, uh, you know, so, well, they, he has said he wants to come back. All right. And again, I mean, Michelle's our good friend Michelle Dodds has talked about Lynn Dodds has talked about before. We've all talked about it on the show. I mean, do we really want him to come back at the Rumble in late January this next year, or starting off the new year within a month, however, and then get hurt again at WrestleMania this coming year, and then be out again, and really just do the same thing like it's been the last years? I mean, personally, in my opinion. I mean, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I've said it on all the shows. However, I think it's time for him to hang it up. I think it's be his best interest right now to just simply hang it up. Be a manager, be an agent, be a trainer if you can. Just don't get back in the ring. It's it's too risky. Right, yeah. I mean do I mean if you still want to be involved in the wrestling business, great and fine. Yeah. But I mean this could be similar to what you know, back in the eighties, you know, the late hot stuff Eddie Gilbert, what he mm-hmm. did. You know, he wrestled for a while and then of course he 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 decided to, 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 to stop becoming a, a competitor, and he started becoming a manager. And of course, he managed uh, uh, Sting in his early career when he and the Warrior teamed up as the uh, Blade Runners. Yes. Then. And of course, he also managed Sting whenever he teamed up with uh, Rick Steiner back mm-hmm. in the day too. Of course, on that Best of Sting DVD. But still, anyway. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I can see Daniel Bryan in that position, but as to who he would manage, I mean, that would be kind of a, that'd be kind of a, you know, if you think, we'll definitely have to watch and see about, you know, what he decides to do. I mean, if he wants to stay in the business, great, but, but like you said, I mean, hang up the tights and the boots and just, you know, just 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 do 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 something. Well, something. one or two guys I could see him manage. I don't know if they would need managers, but I mean, two guys that spring to my mind that could benefit from him, however, and really I think maybe he's following them, maybe he hasn't, or guys like maybe Sami Zayn and Finn Balor down in NXT, you know, I mean, or something like Baron, I mean, not like Baron Corbin, but just use those two as an example, I mean, they're sort of like in his uh, category, and Sami Zayn, I know, is coming back from that injury, he's due to be on the uh, UK tour this coming weekend, and supposed to be there at the NXT show a week from today, however, maybe, or right after the Chris Holiday season, however, uh, why don't you start out working with guys like, like him or even Finn Balor? Well, why not? I mean, the thing is, you know, I don't know that'd be one way to definitely get the new talent flowing. I mean, that, that, yes. that, that's an, and that's all right here. So, uh, <clears throat> but definitely we'll keep our eyes up on everything here going on here in the news. Um, but uh, we'll, uh, but JD, thank you very much. If anything else pops up, of course, definitely let, let us know right away. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one three eight zero five five pound. This is the Mothership broadcast of the WWS Radio Network, and of course, Mister. Uh, this is WWS Revolution, of course, by all means. Uh, of course, this is Mister. WWS Chad Hinge. I'll back on the line here with you. And, of course, joining me so far here, the Iceman, J.D. Jerry Geronimo, of course, 2015 Hall of Famer, as, as well as, of course, uh, a man, of course, part of Raw, Raw Radio every uh, Monday afternoon at 3, uh, on right here on uh, Indie Outlook every uh, Sunday night at 7, right here on com, and Wrestling Revisited every Tuesday night, at, also every Tuesday night at 7, right here also on com. 
Uh, of course, we still wait the arrival, of course, of the human space machine, John Gross, to bring us our rest of history and birthdays for today. Now, I did, I did uh, read um, something here a little while ago. Uh, you know, we talked about we talked about birthdays, and I'm gonna double check this to make sure if I. Ah, uh, uh, yes, and I do believe. I do believe that it is the 47th birthday today of Kurt Angle. Yes, it is. So, so I mean, definitely know that. It looks like he's hardly changed a bit, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but still a great, still a tremendous competitor. And I'm sure John will bring that up here momentarily in his uh, rest of history and birthdays. But, but I, I definitely had to at least get that out there because I know that uh, that was, that's definitely something, you know, that's worth the uh, <clears throat> worth discussing. And they were uh, talking about a month ago about his future. I mean, they didn't know if he was going to stay in TNA or if he was going to come back to WWE. I, I still don't think he'll be returning to WWE. I mean, if they do bring him to, back to WWE, it might be for the Hall of Fame. Maybe I could see that happening. But other than that, I just I think he burned his bridges when he left Howard. And I think WWE just would not want to welcome him back. I mean, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But I don't think if I'm like Stephanie or Hunter or anyone in the office, and if he's asking, can I come back, can I come back and work with guys like, say, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or Cesaro or any of these other guys, are, I don't know if WWE would be open to that policy. You know, I just think he's burned his bridges. Certainly. Well, I, would, I believe that as well. Um, I mean, of course, you know, he's been quoted as saying that if he was to, uh, you know, end his career against somebody, I mean, of course, we just now mentioned a minute ago, he said he would love to, he would love to end it with Daniel Bryan. And yeah, but I can't. I can't see him and Daniel Bryan. Maybe Cesaro. I mean, him and Cesaro I would have a phenomenal. I could see a great match out of them too. I would love to see a match with them. Too. That'd be a dream match in itself, right there. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, in, in either case, I mean, I would definitely would love to. Uh, uh, I would definitely like to, uh, you know, see see him take on maybe one one of the new talent here, of course. In, mm-hmm. Definitely. In WWE, one more time. I mean. But of course, also around that same time, I'm, I'm sure, like you said, he also deserves a rightful place in in the WWE, bar none. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. But, uh, but yeah, so because, like I said, he's an all around, all around great talent. Yeah. Uh, of course, Olympic gold medalist, not back in 1996. Yep. Uh, of course, he's won in the, during his run WWE. He's won the he's won the big one on several occasions. He's won the Intercontinental Belt, European Belt. I believe he was also a tag tag team champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's and of course, like I said, during his uh, go in uh, TNA, of course, he's held uh, almost about every belt that TNA has had to offer. So I mean, I mean the man, the man is pretty much you know done what is done what he wants. And, yes, he is. Uh, of course, been through a whole lot here too. Of course, we talked about the story earlier this year. Uh, I think it was during one of our pay-per-view specials, I think we mentioned that, of course, he had it was an incident involving his brother. Uh, of course, that was probably one, one downside about the Angle family this year. But nonetheless, uh, you know, he still held strong and uh, just... Uh, yeah, I'm looking, just I'm looking at his bio right now. Uh, he is, uh, let's see, he is uh, one Pro Wrestling Illustrated Comeback Feud of the Year 2003, Feud of the Year with Triple H, 
Few of the year with Brock Lesnar in 03. Few of the year with Samoa Joe in 07. Match of the year with Brock in September of 2003. Match of the year with Shawn Michaels. Most hated wrestler of the year. Most inspirational wrestler of the year 2000-2001. Most popular wrestler of the year 2003. Rookie of the year 2000. Wrestler of the year 03. Ranked number one of the top 500 guys in the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500 in 2001. He has won the WWE Championship four times. Uh, the WCW... W heavy championship once, US title once, hardcore champion once, European champion once, IC title once, King of Ring two thousand, fifth Grand Slam champion, tenth triple crown champion, one time with Chris Pillow the tag team championship, however. Uh, like I said, best game in 2000, best on interviews in 2000 and 2002, most technical wrestler 2002, feud of the year with Brock 03, match of the year versus Ben White versus Edge and Mysterio, no mercy of 02, most improved 2000, from 01 through 03, uh, most Outstanding Wrestler of the Year, Reader's Favorite Wrestler 2002 and 2003, Wrestler of the Year 2002, Wrestler of the Decade 2000-2009, Wrestling Observer, Newsletter, Hall of Fame, Class of 04. Uh, nicknames include the most celebrated real athlete, the only Olympic gold medalist, King of the Ring, the American Olympic hero, the wrestling machine, the Godfather, the main event mafia, the cyborg. Yeah. He's, he's all that a lot. I'm really, like I said, I've no, I met him once, and like I said, he used to be a uh, newscaster with WPGH TV back in 1997 with the Fox 53 Television News. However, and he was their sportscaster for a while. Yeah. So right. I mean, Kurt's Kurt's done a lot over the years. I mean, he has definitely been a very unique individual. And like I said, he's had a little personal issues over the years too, not just. Like I said, however, I mean, he uh, had some personal issues of himself, however, and with his family earlier this year, uh, like I said. But uh, one time he's, also, he's been married twice, once to Kurt Angle, or Jeff Jarrett's ex-wife, Karen. He is now remarried, of course, uh, by uh, uh, Giovanna, is his wife's name. He was trained by Dr. Tom Pritchard, who we all know in the body Donna's, Tori Funk Jr., and Dr. Uh, Dave Schultz, of course, who we all know from the movie uh, Foxcatcher. And if you've never seen that movie, it is a very emotional, very unusual, but a very intense movie, to say the least. And the role Steve Carell plays in, the guy from The Office, better known to you all as Michael Scott, as John DuPont, is chilling. It's very, very intense. I just watched it about a, about a couple months ago, and i got to say, if you have not seen it yet, people... Please see it. It is very good. Mark Ruffalo's in it. Uh, Channing Tatum. But uh, Carell, to me, I mean, you think he's a funny guy, and he is a funny guy. Don't get me wrong, in The Office. And he's also had some pretty good film roles over the years, however. Uh, like uh, comedies, funny comedies, like uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin and Get Smart and uh, some romantic comedy dramas like Crazy Stupid Love or uh, other cute movies like Despicable Me and Despicable Me 2, but this one with him and Foxcatcher is just so intense. It just, it chills you to the bone, so to speak. Absolutely, of course. Also, also of course, I would mention uh, uh, Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty. Oh, yes, as uh, Evan Baxter, ba- Baxter, ba- Baxter, I can't even say it. Yeah, <laughs> Evan ba- no, you're right for something. Yeah, Evan Baxter, <laughs> of course, uh of course, uh, of course, playing uh, you know alongside Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty, and of course, you know taking over that lead role himself with Evan Almighty, mm-hmm. quite interesting. Uh, both movies were great, by the yes. way, my personal opinion. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we continue to wait for the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, and hopefully he'll be bringing us our wrestling history and birthdays here momentarily. Um, and while while we do that, 
You know, let's go ahead and, uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and dive right on into our uh, our wrestler profile series here. Uh, uh, JD, it is time to take a guess as to who you think. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, this is and and just to give you a heads up, it is in fact, of course, a single wrestler. Okay, this is a single wrestler tonight, and we are going to go with. I went with Magnum T last night, so I'm going to say Dr. Death Steve Williams tonight. Okay, okay. Well, that's a, that, that is, don't get me wrong, that is an excellent guess. A very excellent guess, and I did say so myself. But tonight, I figured we'd go 100% this route. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is, in fact, the theme to the one and only animal, Batista. Yes, indeed. Tonight's wrestler profile series will be talking about Batista. <clears throat> we'll be talking about uh, Batista, of course, during his, uh, what we think has been a, a, real, a real good run in WWE. Of course, uh, returning, leaving, and returning again. Uh, before we do that, I just want to let you know that uh, uh, we have two that have been, come on the line here. Uh, first off, uh, on the chat box here from uh, Raw Radio, of course, you can see Post Machine John Gross. Uh, John, go ahead and be preparing those uh, uh, that wrestling uh, <clears throat> that wrestling history and uh, birthdays here for us, and making his uh, return here, of course, uh, a few days early from what we understand. But hey, he's he's back on the line here, of course. A uh, of course one of our infamous members of the panel way too tough to handle, and uh, one one half of the the Brew Crew, the WCWS World Tag Team Champions. Uh, of course, also the founder of Hell in the Forum Wrestling Discussion right here on Facebook, the one and only JML Experience. JML, welcome once again, sir, to the uh, uh, Wednesday edition of WCWS Revolution. And the JML feels like it's great to be home. Welcome back, JML. <laughs> We've missed you, man. How you been? Dandy as a lion. Yep, me too. Can't complain. Yes, yes sir. Who, who, who's who's on the line with me right now? It's myself and it's JD and it's John in the chat box so far. John is gross. John <laughs> is gross. You said, 
He's missed you too, and believe me, he's he's getting better with his impressions, JML. I got to tell you what, last night he had the place in his stairs. I mean, he's doing his Paul Heyman a little bit better. He's done a lot of voices on Raw Radio that are great on money. If you have time to listen to, he's been great on that. I mean, it's been fun to say well, the least. Well, he's he's not. Hello, ladies. <laughs> no, he isn't, but Gerard is actually picking up the slack for you in that department now. All right. When Michelle comes on, he, he picks up the slack for you, though. I know that. Uh, but, uh, you, put in, you put on two tube socks. You couldn't walk in these shoes, all right, Buster? <laughs> <laughs> and right before we do our wrestler profile series on Batista, John is already starting to provide us with some history and birthdays. He's got uh, one up already right off the right off the bat. And I read this actually earlier today. Uh forty one for December the ninth, forty one years ago today, the late Jack Briscoe defeated the late Giant Baba to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And they're all dead. Yes. Uh uh John, what else you got there for us, bud? Are they in the Heaven Federation? Uh, I think I so. Not, I think I think I, not, I think Jack is. I think he is. I think we put a picture. I have I, I may have put Baba in there too. I'm not sure. I have to go back and look if I have. We have to. We have to add them. I will. We'll get them in there. I'll make sure they get in there. I know we got we got and we got Eddie there. We got Owen just put up. Had the Dave put up yesterday. Dave put up yesterday with Rick Root since it was his birthday just a few days ago. Bam Bam's up there. Uh, yeah, there's a picture of. Uh, Dean, oh no, that's Dino Bravo. I'm looking at Hillman, Hack Myers just added recently after what happened on Saturday. Uh, see who else? Buddy Roberts, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. I know was recently added. China. Oh wait, she's not dead yet. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy! Wow. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, Lee uh, Marshall's in there, which is pretty cool. Uh, wait, Tommy Lee Stone. Marshall died. Yeah, a couple years yes. ago, he, he, about four, three or four years ago, it was a heart attack. Yeah, this is WCW Lee Marshall, Marshall here. And, uh, yeah, this is Stegger Lee Marshall. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Former AW announcer too. He was also an AW announcer if you remember back in the day. Yeah, I'm like, no. yeah, he passed yeah. away last April. He was 64. Fast action Valvoline. Yeah, he had. He's, he's looking right now. Uh, outside of wrestling, he had the voice of Tony the Tiger, and then he died. Yeah. Yeah, he did do Tony the Tiger. There's soft cancer. Yeah. And in 1998, he was voted worst TV announcer, however. But, uh, yeah, he did AWA Championship Wrestling and then moved to WCW. And he called until uh, 2001, believe it or not. He uh, wow. actually left that's in 2001. What, that's, what put him, that's what put him in the grave, calling those classic WCW Thunders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He was always, well, he was always good on Nitro, too, because when he did the 1-800-collect call every week, especially in the earliest of Nitro, I mean, he always found a way to uh, torture Bobby the Brain. And speaking of Bobby the Brain, I mean, I talked about it a few months ago. I mean, if you've seen pictures of him lately, I mean, it's sad but how he looks right now, and hopefully he's getting better. Sometimes, I hate to say this and talk morbidly, but it, sometimes it's better if some of these people move their... The, the other side, because you don't want to see them suffer. For sure, yeah. Well, we, we we've definitely suffered a lot this year. We lost some great legends this year, no question about it. And we're going to talk about. I'm going to mention that in a couple of weeks on Raw Radio about some of the big stories of the year. Yes. Uh, anyway, John's got some more uh, history right here for us, there, guys. 
20 years ago uh, today, 1995, the Sandman defeated Steve Austin and Mikey Whipwreck. Oh, great in a match. Triple, a triple threat match to win the ECW title. This was Austin's EC, final ECW bout before he came to the WWE in January of 96. Yep. And, 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 and for brownie points there, Jonas Gross, um, Steve Austin, what was his gimmick when he made his debut in WWE? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're. Yeah, I want to see what he's. But by the way, Chadwick. He says the ringmaster. He says the ringmaster. Good job, uh, Chadwick. Yes, sir. Now I remember a few months ago we had a discussion. And we're talking about ECW, and you admittedly said you didn't watch very much of ECW. Have you now watched a little bit more of uh, the the classic ECW matches? Yes, we start putting some more matches on the video ball, and I have been watching them pretty intently. Yes. Now, what do you think retrospectively about ECW? It, it like I said, I mean, it was. Uh... You know, during during the time, during the day, man. I mean, it was uh, uh, you know, knock them out, drag them out, action. I mean, they had, I mean, that's what people wanted to see when it came came to wrestling. Yeah. Um, and and now, and then the thing about it is, WWE didn't even come close when they resurrected it a few years nope. ago. Now, so then, now so, yeah. to put it into current terms, right? Um, the the most fair comparison to what ECW was is what NXT is now, that alternative where you're getting, as a wrestling fan, what you truly want to see. Now, WWE needs to take a page out of NXT's book and do, I'm not saying do a carbon copy, but add some elements from NXT into their programming because for a one-hour show, they are doing phenomenally better than a three-hour Monday Night Raw or a two-hour SmackDown. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of NXT, let me ask you this, Jamie. I mean, I know you're a fan of NXT like me. What do you make of the big upcoming match this Wednesday in London between Finn Balor and Samoa Joe? Um, I mean, really, Samoa Joe needs to do the job. Um, it's going to build Finn's credibility even more. I think Finn needs to go over uh, uh, with this match. Uh-huh. And I think when they have a rematch, uh, Samoa Joe needs to go over. Um, but I think that first victory, mm-hmm. Finn Balor needs to win it. Right, he needs yes. to win it because I think it's too early in his run as champion to lose it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and what's interesting is there's rumors circulating out there that uh, AJ Styles might be signing with uh, NXT. Yeah, we've, kind of, we've been talking about that, yeah. We've been, we've been so, talking about that. I mean, how awesome would that be to see AJ Styles versus Finn Balor before he leaves? Oh, to go wow. to the main yeah. roster? Yes. Yes, it would. What about Nia uh, Jackson Bailey? What's your take on those two? Who? Nia Jackson Bailey in the Divas division. Uh, the the Divas, the women's yes. division. Yeah, because I think right now I think I like Bailey and I like Nia Jackson. I mean, the only one that I hate 
I mean, I shouldn't say hate, dislike down there right now, who is absolutely dreadful down there, is Ava Marie. She's terrible. She's absolutely horrible, I feel, in that division. Well, tell us how you really feel. Um, <laughs> I, 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 well, the NXT women's division, um, they're rebuilding. Because obviously when you lose Charlotte, uh, Becky, and Sasha, or one fell swoop, you need to build, rebuild that division. And luckily, they still have Bailey there. Um, and, and for that matter, Alexa Bliss could be better utilized as a as a woman's wrestler than the valet role that she's currently in. Yes. Um, because I think she's really good in the ring. She just hasn't been given that opportunity to really shine. Um, yeah. But, I mean, they've signed a whole flock of new developmental divas. Yeah. So you're going to see a whole new crop in NXT very shortly. Um, and Bailey's not going to be around in a couple months. That's what I was telling uh, Chad in the news. I think they're talking about her and maybe uh, possibly coming up for WrestleMania. The one diva I really am high on, besides Nia Jax, and I really like her style, is Askua. I really, really like her, and I think they really have something cooking with her right now, especially when she's going to destroy Emma. Well, sure. Uh, I definitely have to agree on that. Um, here's some more wrestling history here, guys. I don't mean to to, to uh, interrupt here, but we've got some more history for this day here. <clears throat> Um, this day, 1999, on WCW Thunder, Bret Hart and Goldberg defeated Creative Control to win the WCW Tag Team Titles. Yeah. Also, also on this day, 2001, Chris Jericho defeated both The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin on the same night to become the first ever undisputed champion. And also, I believe the same night, The Undertaker defeated Rod Van Dam to win the Hardcore Title as well. Also on this day, 2005, presented the third installment of Tribute to the Troops, in which Shawn Michaels wrestled Triple H in the main event. The match was a boot cap match. Yep. That was, yeah, a, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, pay-per-view. So. Yes. Oh, yes. Seven years ago, uh, today I think it was 2008, okay, Victoria, Retired from professional wrestling, but she did have a wrestling with Michelle McCool in January in 2009 in her final match. Yeah, until okay. like a year later, and she was in TNA. But yeah, no one cares about yeah. TNA. Not even yeah. their not even their wrestlers. Oh yeah, well I, I would have to agree with that. Also, that they presented the annual Slammy Awards in 2013. This was the one when Daniel Bryan was the highlight. When he took every single award, he won four awards, including Superstar of the Year. But the match of the year was John Cena versus The Rock at WrestleMania 29. Oh, the that Shield, was Abatross. The Shield won Breakout Star of the Year. And just one year later, WWE presented tribute to the troops. And also, one birthday here today, and JD, you heard me announce this earlier. Yep. Uh, of course, it's someone that John actually met back uh, 15 years ago. Today is the 47th birthday of the Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. 
There was no way that Cena and Rock was match of the year that year. I'm sorry, I totally disagree. I think if you want to talk about Punk match of the Lesner. year, no, CM Punk and the Undertaker. And, and Man, I thought Punk and Lesnar was better. It had yeah, more Punk time. Yeah, Punk and Lesnar was good too. I'm not. It had me. more. It had more time. Uh, I thought the layout was better of the match. Um, well, what about Punk and uh, Cena in Chicago at Money in the Bank that year? No, that was that was the year before that. Oh yeah, twelve. You're right. You're right. Twelve. I'm thinking. You're right. Yeah, that's right. Good. Uh, John, anything else, sir, bud, for the for the birthdays before we get on to our wrestler profile series tonight? John, it is gross. John. <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching Breaking Ground at all, JML? I have been watching the back of my eyelids on uh, most nights. Mm. My friend said the Breaking Ground's good show. I was going to say, what other superstars, when you've had time, have impressed you in NXT? Because I can list a couple of mine, too. Like I said, I mean, the tag division hasn't been too bad. The bod villains, the whole uh, um, Blake and Murphy thing has been good. I mean, I did like the Dusty Rhodes tournament. I thought that was pretty cool. I did like that tournament, though, I got to say. I, I've been frustrated with the way that uh, they haven't brought up Enzo and, and Big Cass yet. Ian Carmella, yeah, I agree. I think, I like I think they're they're more than ready yep. to uh, get into the tag division. Yep. Um, I don't think their debut or subsequent run with uh, being on the main roster is going to be anything like what happened to the Ascension. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, the Ascension was just bad booking. It still is. Uh, they 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 started them off with uh, this whole the whole gimmick of like painted faces like the Road Warriors and mm-hmm. Hours of Pain and Demolition, which all right cool, like maybe that's an ode to them. But then they they totally shot those promos and segments vignettes or whatever, mm-hmm. where they essentially put all those tag teams down. Right. And you're like, all right, cool, maybe I can live with this. And then they just got buried on that, that special episode of Raw with the NWO and the DX and the APA just took over and, like, beat the shit out of them. So, like, they've never fully recovered from that. Right, and they thought they would team up with Cody and that kind of shit on them, no pun intended, how they've been shit on since, because they're always in superstars or main event, you know. And and and, and now they're jobbing to Ryback on SmackDown in a handicap right. match. Yeah. Mm, right, right. <clears throat> uh, gentlemen, let's go ahead and get right on into it here. Of course, our wrestle profile series tonight. As I played earlier, right before John got on the line here, is will be about one of Michelle's favorite wrestlers here tonight. Randall? Only, no, not 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 him. Not him. Close. Close. It'll be about it is about tonight. Atista. <clears throat> oh yes. Of course, uh uh thanks to Wikipedia of course for uh uh providing this information here tonight. Uh of course he uh was born in nineteen sixty nine, he's forty six years of age. He's a former professional mixed martial artist and professional wrestler. Signed to, to WWE, of course, under the ring name Bud Batista, is a six-time world champion, winning the World Heavyweight Championship four times and WWE Championship twice. 
He had the longest ever reign as World Heavyweight Champion and has won the World Tag Team Championship three times, twice with Ric Flair and once with John Cena. The WWE Tag Team Championship once, of course, that was with Rey Mysterio. He was a winner of the 05 Royal Rumble match and went on to headline WrestleMania 21, won the top five highest grossing pay-per-view events in pro wrestling history. Batista returned to WWE and won the 2014 Royal Rumble match, after which he headlined WrestleMania 30. Of we all know about that pay-per-view as well. In August 2012, Batista signed a contract with Classic Entertainment and Sports to fight in MMA. He won his MMA debut on October 6, 2012, and defeated Vince Lucero via total knockout in the first round. He was representing the Philippines. Hmm. As an actor, he starred in, of course, in the movies like The Man with the Iron Fist back in 2012, Riddick 2013, Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, last year, uh, of course, this year, the, two, the 24th James Bond movie, Spectre. And, uh, of course, he's supposed to be appearing next year in the reboot of the movie Kickboxer. Hmm. Yeah, I think he's playing Tong Po. Oh, okay. He's also He, he has also appeared in several direct-to-video films since 2009. <clears throat> of course, we'll get, get on... Uh, and I will post a link to this page on the Revolution Radio Facebook page. You'll hear it a little bit. Uh, but of course, going on to his professional wrestling career, uh, Batista tried out at the WCW Power Plant, but was told he would never make it in the wrestling business by Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, who, of course, was the one that uh, you know got Goldberg up and running. I believe it was. I'm not mistaken. Yes. He then went to the WWF, who sent him to train with Alpha Noah's school in the Wild Samoan Training Center. Most recently, he trained with Cesar Gracie, Gracie as a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Ooh. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Uh, of course, uh, during his run in the WWF slash WWE, of course, in Ohio Valley Wrestling between 2000 and 2002, he made his OVW debut in 2000 in the ring named Leviathan, where he immediately joined forces with uh, Sin... As a member of the Disciples of Sin stable, he went undefeated until being beaten, being beating, beaten at Christmas Chaos by Kane with help from Stone Cold Steve Austin. He later won the OVW heavyweight title for the machine Doug Basham before losing the belt to the prototype, which, I, yes, I do believe later on, of course, would go on to uh, be well known as John Cena. A few months later, Batista left OVW after he was promoted to WWE. <clears throat> of course, during his run between 2002 and 2005, while still in Ohio Valley Wrestling, Batista began appearing on non-televised WWE events. He began his televised WWE career on on, a, on the May 9, 2002 episode of SmackDown as Deacon Batista a villainous enforcer for Reverend Devon, of course, Devon Dudley. He made his in-ring debut in a tag team match, teaming with Devon against Farouk and Randy Orton, pinning Orton. Over several weeks, Orton tried to beat Devon and Batista with different partners, but ultimately lost each time. Batista suffered his first loss in a match against Rikishi after Devon accidentally punched him, allowing Rikishi to take advantage and pin Batista. Batista and Devon argued over the forthcoming weeks, with Batista eventually turning on Devon. After splitting with Devon, he signed was wrong and was renamed Dave Batista or simply just Batista. He aligned himself with Ric Flair and feuded with Kane, 
whom he defeated at Armageddon. In January 2003, Batista joined Triple H, Rick Flair, and Orton to form Development Stable Evolution. Batista, however, was sidelined for much of 2003 after he tore his right triceps muscle at a Raw Live event in a tag team match against the Dudley Boys. While training after the injury, Batista retore his triceps, extending his stay on the sidelines. Batista made his return on, on October 20th episode of Raw, interfering in a match between Goldberg and Shawn Michaels and shattering Goldberg's ankle with a chair. Yes, I remember this. After the interference, the evolution came out, and Triple H re- rewarded Batista with $100,000 on the November 10th episode of Raw. Goldberg defeated Batista by disqualification when Triple H interfered. At Armageddon, Batista took part in two matches, losing to Shawn Michaels in a singles match and winning a tag team turmoil match along with Brooke Flair to become one half of the world tag team champions. <clears throat> By the end of the event, all four members of Revolution held every male championship on Raw with Triple H winning the world title and Randy Orton winning the Intercontinental title. They held the titles until February 16, 2004 episode of Raw when they were defeated by Booker T and Rob Van Dam. They let him regain the title for a short period. At Survivor Series, this was back in 04, I believe, Triple H, Batista, Gene Snitsky, and Edge were defeated by Maven, Jericho, Benoit, and Randy Orton in an eight-man elimination tag team match for control of Raw over the following month. The members of the winning team would the members of the winning team would each be the Raw general manager for a week. Throughout the next two months, the relationship between Batista and Triple H began to deteriorate. After a loss to Jericho, Triple H verbally insulted Batista. Batista teased leaving Evolution that night, but declared that he was still part of Evolution and that they had tricked everyone. Despite this ploy, Batista began behaving more like a fan favorite over the next few weeks in comparison to Evolution's villainous tactics. One particular moment saw Batista express disgust as Triple H and Ric Flair boasted how they had intimidated and or beat up Jim Ross, Danny Hodge, and Stacey Keebler. Regardless, he continued to show his loyalty to Triple H and Evolution by running down to the ring and assisting them in matches. As 2005 began, Triple H realized the possibility of Batista becoming a threat to his world heavyweight title. Triple H suggested that he not enter the Royal Rumble claim and it would be selfish of him to do so and to simply focus on Triple H retaining the belt. Batista entered anyway and went on to win the Rumble, earning the right to participate in the main event of WrestleMania 21 against the world champion of his choice. In an attempt to persuade Batista to challenge WWE champion JBL and challenger John Cena in a triple threat match rather than him, Triple H can talk little crap. He came up with a scheme that had Batista run over in a limousine resembling the, the one used by uh, JBL. Initially, Dave did not want to have an evolution and wanted to confront JBL by himself. Triple H insisted that evolution stick together and accompany Dave anyway, saving him from the oncoming vehicle. Batista became aware of the plot while sneakily eavesdropping on fellow evolution members and signed a contract guaranteeing him a match with the World Heavyweight Champion Triple H WrestleMania 21, thus leaving Evolution and officially turning him officially turned into a fan favorite. Batista initially pretended that he would sign with SmackDown, giving Triple H and Flair the thumbs up, but turned into a thumbs down before attacking both Triple H and Flair. He emphasized his departure by powerbombing Triple H through the table used for the contract signing. Of course, there is his run as World Champion from 05 to 08. 
Batista won the world title on April the 3rd in the main event of WrestleMania 21. WrestleMania 21 received 1.09 million pay-per-view buys worldwide, the then highest ever number of buys for any non-boxing pay-per-view. Batista's match with Triple H was described by sports journalist Dave Meltzer as the peak of one of WWE's best storylines in years. Batista won a rematch with Triple H for the World Heavyweight title at Backlash. After Batista retained his title title against Edge, he was betrayed by Ric Flair, who helped Triple H viciously attack the champion. Triple H challenged Batista to a Hell in a Cell match at Vengeance. Batista won the match at Vengeance, retained his title yet again. With this one, Batista became the first wrestler to pin Triple H in a Hell in a Cell match. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. On June 30th, Batista was revealed as the last pick in the 2005 WWE Draft Lottery. He made a surprise appearance while JBL was celebrating his victory in a six-man elimination match to win the new SmackDown Championship. JBL defeated Batista at the Great American Bash by disqualification after referee saw Batista use a steel chair. They had a rematch at SummerSlam in a no-holds-bar match with Batista pinned JBL. The feud culminated with a bull rope match with Batista retaining his title. Soon after retaining the title in a feud with Eddie Guerrero, WWE reported that Batista suffered a muscle tear in his back at the taping for the November 11th episode of SmackDown due to a double choke slam from Big Show and Kane. Plans have been made for Batista to defend the title in a triple threat match with Eddie Guerrero and Randy Orton on the November 18th episode, but the match did not take place due to the unexpected death of Guerrero on November 13th, the date of the taping. Batista paid homage to Guerrero during SmackDown and Raw tribute shows dedicated to Guerrero's memory. Batista led Team SmackDown against Team Raw in an interbrand feud before Survivor Series. The feud saw Big Show and Kane chokeslam Batista several more times in the weeks leading up to the Survivor Series and an on-camera explanation for Batista's injury. Batista ultimately helped his team win the match. After Batista said Rey Mysterio from Big Show and Kane, it was announced that Mysterio would team with Batista to face the Big Show in Canada at Armageddon. On the December 16th episode of SmackDown, Batista and Mysterio defeated the WWE Tag Team Champions MMM to win the titles in a match they dedicated to Eddie Guerrero, and thus Batista became a double champion. And the clash with Big Show and Kane at Armageddon turned into a Champions versus Champions encounter. Batista and Mysterio lost to Big Show and Kane at Armageddon. Two weeks later on SmackDown, Eminem defeated Batista and Mysterio after, after helping the returning Mark Henry to, return, to regain the WWE Tag Team titles. During interference, Henry attacked Batista and performed his world's strongest slam. The teams met again in a steel cage match, and Henry also became involved in, and Batista and Ray were defeated again. On January 9th, WWE.com announced that Batista tore his right tricep during a match with Mark Henry at a live event on January the 6th. Due to his injury, Batista was forced to vacate the World Heavyweight title, at the SmackDown Times on January 13th, two days after surpassing Triple H's previous mark of 280 days, for the longest reigning champion. And his book, Batista Unleashed, Batista said that he believed that Henry was careless during their match as he never gave Batista any warning the move was coming. Batista went on to have successful surgery on his arm on January the 12th. Batista made an appearance <clears throat> at No Way Out and told the crowd that once his arm had healed, he would, re- he, would, he would return to regain the World Heavyweight title. At WrestleMania 22, he interrupted a Randy Orton interview, put his SmackDown on notice. The World Heavyweight Champion returned to him by WrestleMania 23. Batista made his official return during the July 7th episode of SmackDown. 
immediately calling out and entering into a feud with Mark Henry. At Saturday night's main event, Batista won a six-man tag with Mysterio and Bob Abbasius taking on King Booker, Finley, and Mark Henry. Henry was legitimately, was legitimately injured and was ruled out of the scheduled match between the two at the Great American Bash, thus furthering further delaying the potential feud between the two after being delayed by Batista's initial injury. Batista put uh, an open challenge to replace the injured Henry, which was answered by Mr. Kennedy. Batista lost this match via the DQ for, for failing to stop choking Mr. Kennedy into the turnbuckle with his boot, but continued to attack Kennedy, resulting in a laceration on his forehead so severe that it exposed his cranium and required more than 20 stitches to close. Batista lost another match with Kennedy via countout in a rematch on SmackDown before finally defeating Kennedy by pinfall on, on an August 4th episode of SmackDown. During his time, Batista tried to regain a world title facing both Big Show for his ECW world title on ECW and King Booker for his world heavyweight title at SummerSlam and on SmackDown. Batista won the SummerSlam match, but not the title, not title as the contest ended via disqualification, meaning Booker retained the belt. In the SmackDown, uh, about a few weeks later, Booker retained with, with help from his court. Batista remained a top contender for the World Championship and competing against King Booker on several occasions while feuding with Finley before finally defeating Booker to retain, regain the World Heavyweight title of the Survivor Series. Ironically, the win occurred at the same arena where he surrendered the title in January. At WrestleMania 23, Batista lost the title to the winner of the Royal Rumble match, The Undertaker. They continued to battle over the title to a stalemate in a last-man-standing match at Backlash and a steel cage match on the 11th May 11th episode of SmackDown. In both matches, Batista and the Undertaker ended in a draw with Undertaker retaining the title. Following the, the latter, Edge took advantage and won the title from the Undertaker by catching his money in the bank briefcase. Afterward, Batista challenged Edge on unsuccessfully for the World Heavyweight title of Judgment Day, One Night Stand, which was a steel cage match, and at uh, Vengeance Night of Champions in the last chance match. The loss of Vengeance stipulated that Batista could no longer get another sh- chance at the World Heavyweight title while Edge remained the champion. Batista accepted an open challenge from the great colleague at the Great American Bash. Edge relinquished the title due to an injury the week before the pay-per-view, and Kali became the new World Heavyweight Champion, winning a battle royal and eliminating Batista. Batista and Kane, Edge's title opponent, faced Kali at the Great American Bash in a triple threat match where Kali retained the belt. But Batista received a DQ victory against Kali at SummerSlam after Kali used the steel chair, thus retained the title again. Batista finally claimed his third world heavyweight title after eight consecutive attempts by defeating Kali in a match that included Rey Mysterio at Unforgiven. His first challenge was from the Great Kali in a Punjabi prison match at No Mercy where Batista retained his belt. He won the match by leaping from the inner bamboo structure to the outer one, shortening his escape route and beating Kali to the floor. After the return of the Undertaker and Unforgiven, the duo reignited their feud at Cyber Sunday, where the fans chose Stone Cold Steve Austin as a special referee. Batista pinned the Undertaker after two Batista bombs. The feud continued with a Hell in a Cell match at Survivor Series. During the match, Edge returned and interfered by giving the Undertaker a concerto. He then pulled an unconscious Batista on top of the Undertaker for the pinfall to retain the world title. At Armageddon, Edge won a triple threat match alongside the Undertaker for retreat before Batista's world heavyweight title. And of course, uh, we have all—he's also been involved in various 
uh, storylines. I won't uh, go into go into any of those. Uh, I will talk about. Yeah, I'll talk about this right here because he he returned to the WWE in 2014 on December 13, 2013. Episode of Raw, a vignette aired announcing the return of Batista on January 20, 2014. Episode of Raw. It was later announced that Batista will be participating in the 2014 Royal Rumble match. Batista returned as a face to confront WWE World Heavyweight Champion Randy Orton on the January 20th of Raw as vowed to win the Royal Rumble match and become champion at WrestleMania 30. Later later that night, Batista confronted Alberto Del Rio, who had been trash-talking him for several weeks, and eventually attacked him with a Batista bomb. Six days later, the Royal Rumble, Batista entered the Rumble match at number 28, and last eliminated Roman Reigns to win the match, becoming the fifth wrestler to win multiple Rumble matches and the first so far only time Royal multi-time Royal Rumble winner to win from the same entrant number, which was number 28. The live crowd reacted negatively towards Batista's win as Daniel Bryan did not take part in the match. Despite a positive reaction, originally the crowd began to boo Batista after Reigns was eliminated. After the show went off the air, Batista mocked Daniel Bryan and gestured his middle finger at the crowd. According to Batista, he thought a return as a face was a bad idea because the fans being so invested in Daniel Bryan's yes movement. On the I February, was actually, real quick, sorry, Ted, I was there that night when it happened, and I remembered, I mean, it was a very, very ugly scene that night. It was, a, okay, oh man, my goodness. Hmm. <clears throat> Let me see here. Uh, yeah. On the February 3rd edition of Raw, Batista was confronted and was ultimately assaulted by Del Rio before chasing him off. Batista retaliated the following week by powerbombing Del Rio through the announce table. At the Elimination Chamber event and on the following Raw, Batista was heavily booed by the fans during matches against Del Rio. Batista won the match at Elimination Chamber but continued to suffer a towards fan reaction with Batista chants. Batista responded to the audience on the February 20th edition of SmackDown, saying he didn't come back to be liked, mocking other superstars by saying they weren't real men and promising to be the next WWE World Heavyweight Champion, thus turning heel again in the process for the first time since 2009. After Orton retained his title at the Elimination Chamber to schedule WrestleMania 30 main event with Batista versus Orton, however, Bryan was added to the match after defeating Triple H in the opening contest of the show. Daniel Bryan would ultimately win the Triple Threat match at WrestleMania, forcing Batista to tap out and winning the WWE World Heavyweight title in the process. The next time Raw, Batista and Orton teamed together to face the Usos for the tag team titles, but the match ended in no contest due to both teams being counted out. Later that night, Batista and Orton, along with Kane, attacked Daniel Bryan before he was set to defend his title against Triple H. Before Triple H could defeat Daniel Bryan, the shield interrupted by spearing Triple H and taking out Batista, Orton, and Kane causing Daniel Bryan to retain his belt via DQ. On the April 14th edition edition of Raw, <clears throat> Batista, Triple H, Randy Orton came down to the ring to attack the Shield after their 11-on-3 handicap match using the name and theme of Evolution. At both, cha- at both Extreme Rules and Payback Evolution lost to the Shield, on the June 2nd edition of Raw, Batista quit WWE after Triple H denied him a shot at the WWE World Heavyweight title, leaving the WWE once again. According to a report before this quitting, Batista was the leader of WWE after this episode of Raw due to creative differences. However, after the episode, he made one last appearance at the NXT event on June 12th as a face and received and received a positive reaction from the crowd, cutting a promo with Bo Dallas for hitting him with a spine buster. 
On April, in April 2015, Batista said he would be interested in returning to WWE, but only at untelevised events. Okay, I do remember hearing something about that. Uh, <clears throat> after being released from WWE, Batista attended Strike Force Los Angeles on June 16, 2010, having previously registered an interest in competing in the MMA. June 21, 2010, Batista announced at TMZ.com that he would be embarking on an MMA career. He also became a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under the tutelage of Cesar Gracie. Uh, Batista had announced that he and Strikeforce had agreed on a price when negotiating the contract. However, in April, April 2011, Batista announced at TMZ.com that negotiating the contract with Strikeforce fell through when Strikeforce was bought by, by Zufa, LLC. Batista was expected to make the MMA debut against uh, Rashid Evans, not Rashad, but Rashid Evans, on October 6, 2012, that classic entertainment sports, Real Pain in Providence, Rhode Island. However, on October 1, 2012, it was announced that the Evans was forced out about after a probation violation landing him back in jail. With Batista's MMA debut still on, on for the event, Evans was, was replaced by a journeyman and 45 veteran Vince Lucero. Batista would go on to win the fight by total knockout in four minutes and five seconds in the very first round. And, of course, going into this, he weighed 265 pounds. Uh, <coughs> uh, uh, of course, part of the Gracie Fighter Tampa team. And also, he's ranked in Purple Belt. He's been active in MMA, MMA since 2012. His martial arts martial arts record is right now just uh, one win, and it's won by knockout, so, and no losses. Uh, of course, like we said before, he has been involved in, uh, uh, on, uh, <clears throat> in, uh, of course, uh, uh, various movies and, of course, several um, um, TV shows as well. Of course, the most, uh, um, just more recently, of course, he was, uh, he started as a villainous uh, brass body in the universe series, filling the man with the iron fist. He played Drax the Destroyer in the 2015 Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a critical and commercial success. He played Mr. Hinks in the James Bond film Spectre and will star as the villain Tom Poe, that J.D. you just now told us that, in the reboot of the 1989 martial arts film Kickboxer opposite George St. Pierre. Okay. Of course, uh, of course, uh, his uh, filmography right here, 2006, uh, he did a cameo role, role, role in the movie Relative Strangers. In 2009, he played a police officer called My Son, My Son, What Have You Done? In 2010, he played Big Ronnie in Wrong Side of Town. 2011, <clears throat> um, he uh, played Ray in House of the Rising Sun. 2011, he played Argamel, I believe it is, in the Scorpion King 3 Battle for Redemption. Uh, 2012, like I said, Brass Body in The Man with the Iron Fist. He played Diaz in Riddick in 2013. He played, of course, Drax the Destroyer in Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. He played Drug Dealer Number 1 in the L.A. Slasher in 2015. He played, of course, Mr. Hinks in the movie Spectre. Also, he played Cox, C-O-X, I'll say that, there you go, in the movie Heist. Uh, 
like I said, in, this movie's in post-production, supposed to come out next year. A reboot of the movie Kate Boxer called Kate Boxer's Vengeance. He's supposed to be taking on the role of Tong Po. <laughs> Way home, no mistake. And Van Damme's supposed to be in it with him, too. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah, uh, towards St. Pierre's supposed to be in it. And uh, like I said, the guy who plays Kurt, however, he's from Canada. But uh, yeah, apparently, however, Kurt turns to his brother's mentor, and Van Damme is the, uh, this time, the sensei, the master, if you will. And uh, Batista, of course, is Tong Po. Oh, okay. Also, next year, he's going to be playing Stockwell in the movie Marauders, which he's currently filming. And also, to be announced, another movie called Warrior's Gate. It does not give who he will play, but it is currently being filmed as we speak. Of course, we all know his maneuvers, are everything from the spine buster to the Batista bomb. Uh, his managers over the years, of course, have been, like I said, Sin, the Reverend Devon, Ric Flair, and Triple H. His nicknames, of course, is The Animal. During his time in OVW, he used Voodoo by God, Godsmack uh, as a theme. Uh, <clears throat> of course, along with Reverend Devon, he used his theme. and uh, Of course, he had several mu- pieces of music by uh, Jim Johnson, who, of course, well known for creating a lot of the WWE themes. Uh, of course, while he was part of Evolution, he used the song Lion in the Sand by Motorhead. And, of course, the one I played earlier tonight that he used up until he... Uh, uh, Came, came back here recently. The one called I Walk Alone by, by the group Saliva. So, one of the best entrance themes going. Yes. Oh, by, 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 by uh, Amy Mister, like I said, one of the best ones ever. Of course, like I said, he won the Ohio Valley Wrestling Heavyweight title once. Pro Wrestling Illustrated Most Improved Wrestler of the Year in 05. Wrestler of the Year in 05. PWI ranked him one of the 500 best singles wrestlers in the PWI 500 in 2005. He won the World Heavyweight title four times, WWE title twice, tag team titles three times, two with Ric Flair, one with Cena, WWE tag team titles once with Rey Mysterio, and the Royal Rumble, of course, in 2005 and also 2014. Uh, he had a feud of the year in 2005 with Triple H, a feud of the, feud of the year in 2007 with The Undertaker, and 2006, the most overrated. So, there you go, there, guys. Uh, everything, you, everything right here, pretty much you need to know about uh, about the one and only here, Batista here. Uh, uh, JML, your overall thoughts and opinions, sir, on the career of Batista. Um, I mean, he really had he lucked out. Big time um, with the, the whole evolution thing. Um, he was kind of like an afterthought in evolution in the very beginning. He was kind of like the the fourth member, so to speak, right? And everyone thought Randy was going to be the instant breakout star, and it looked like he really that Randy was because he won the world title um, from you-know-who at SummerSlam um, in 2004. But Mm -hmm. the problem was Randy was booked to be a face like so quickly, and the crowd just didn't take to him the way that creative thought they would. 
and Triple H took the title back from him. And then, you know, Batista just was there in the background, and then they gave him the opportunity to kind of turn on, uh, well, for Triple H to become jealous of Batista. And that led to the whole Batista winning the Royal Rumble and becoming his own man. And he started performing better in the ring. Um, The crowd really got behind him. And I would say, you know, 2005 was his best year in WWE. Um, And his feud with The Undertaker, um, his match at WrestleMania with The Undertaker was awesome. And when he turned heel in... When was that, J.D.? What's that? When did he turn heel before he left? That was like 2009? Uh, yeah, 2009, he came back. and yeah, he, he... he came back and he beat up Rey Mysterio. And then at New Year's Revolution, he ended up uh, having a match with Cena. Taking the uh, title from Cena, and then him and Cena had the match at Mania. But I thought that whole heel persona, uh, Batista um, being kind of like that that Hollywood kind of gimmick, kind of like, to me, revived his career. And it was unfortunate that he left um, in May of 2010 because I think he was really, like, he really reinvented his character. And we didn't really get to see that Batista go on for another year or two because I think it would have been some really good stuff and he maybe would have had a couple more title reigns in him. Mm-hmm. Excellent point of view there, J-Man, by all means. Uh, J.D., your thoughts and opinions sir, about Batista? He's had a unique career. I mean, he started out pretty well. I mean, I have two of the DVDs that he came out with, uh, I Walk Alone, which was really good, and then the one he came out with a year ago. Uh, he hasn't been in wrestling for about a year, and of course, everyone's thinking, oh, he'll come back to wrestling, he'll come back to wrestling. I think right now, you should, and he's pretty much, I think he's pretty much done with wrestling, in my opinion. I mean, I don't see him coming back, however. I mean, if he does come back, it'd be interesting to see him in a matchup with, like, say, a Roman or Kevin Owens or something like that'd be kind of interesting. But I just think, however, he had an interesting career. He was good as a tag team guy and, of course, lead an evolution. Uh, one time, of course, uh, the last time he actually fought, like I said, with guys like Roman and them, of course, that was when Evolution fought the Shield and he came out looking like a blueberry, wearing those blue tights and everything. It was Caroline Blue, no pun intended there, Chad, sorry. But, uh, he uh, yes. just he's had a unique career. I mean, some of it's been good and some of it's been mixed reactions to many. Like I said, I remember the night he uh, won the um, 2014 Royal Rumble. A lot of people were very unhappy that night, and I was one of them. I mean, a lot of people felt that he did not deserve to win the Rumble that year. But uh, it was uh, very interesting, however, to say the least. Certainly. Uh, John, did you have any thoughts and opinions about Batista? He comes up with that. I will, like I said before, I will be posting the Wikipedia link. So what? 
What do you guys think? Uh, you know, we go one by one. Um, it doesn't matter who says first. Um, your personal favorite Batista match. Mm. Mm. Oh, he's had some good ones. Uh, mm, I would have to say... I got to say, kind of a tie for me, the two he had with Triple H in 05. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. But WrestleMania 21 and also Backlash, yeah. I mean, I I was... Yeah, I liked um, Batista's match for some reason with uh, John Cena. I think it was SummerSlam 2008. Where he power bombed Cena and Cena like hurt his neck. That's right. Where Batista hurt Cena's neck during giving him that power bomb. That's right. I thought that was a good match. Um I thought his match with The Undertaker uh, at WrestleMania stole the show that year. I thought that was a very highly underrated match. Um I mean, I, I would say anything, any main event match he had in 2005 was legitimately good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, Jamie, but, but, huh? Well, I was, I was going to ask him, but go ahead and finish your thought, please. But after he got hurt, I think it was his, uh, what injury was it? Like the quad or a tricep or pec? Was it the pec, pec muscle in 2006, like early 2006, and he had to give up the uh, World Heavyweight Championship? I think it was, I think it was, I think it was the bicep or tricep. Bicep, tricep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he came back, he just wasn't the same. It's like he rushed himself to come back. Because I remember he struggled using the Batista bomb for so long yeah. after that. Like, mm-hmm. every time he went to lift someone for Batista bomb, I felt bad for the person because I thought they were going to die because he was going to drop them. Like, yeah. on their necks. Uh... Like, even his WrestleMania match against uh, Umaga, remember it was the Raw vs. SmackDown challenge? Yes. Do you remember the Batista bomb he tried to deliver to Umaga? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm talking about now. I think that bicep, tricep, whatever injury that was, his... He never fully recovered from that. Certainly. Certainly. Um, well, I was going to ask you, Jay, because I mentioned here before many times that currently he holds a purple belt in uh, uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, what's your take on his move, uh, uh, you know, getting into the world of MMA? What's your thoughts about that? I mean, 
that was an ego thing, like he wanted to do it for himself. Um, he admittedly said he had to stop doing it because it wasn't putting money and food on his table. Like, he was losing money doing it, and it was more like a hobby for him. So, um, he was obviously pretty capable of uh, competing in in mixed martial arts, but again, um, we didn't really get to see too mu- too much of that. I would have to agree. Yeah. Uh, and Jay, I'm gonna ask her again this this question. Um, and this is kind of a long shot. I think JD would agree would agree on on this. Uh, well, after I ask it, I, it might be considered a long shot. But do you think you may make at least one more WWE appearance? Yes. You think he will? Oh yeah. Uh, he will. JD, JD, your thoughts about that? Do you think he'll make another run? No, I don't. I think he's had his time. I really do. I think. It's a young man's game now. I mean, if he does show up, maybe he'll be like a manager or something like that. But as far as in-ring goes, I just don't think so. I mean, it's hard to say because a lot of people, last time he was there, however, he brought people the wrong way. Right, certainly. So, so you don't think he would make at least, under any consideration, one more, one more run at all uh, for any particular reason? JD, that's it. You don't think he'll make any other, at least one more run for anything there at all? No, I don't. No, okay. Well, here's what John has to say about that. John said he was Batista was an awesome competitor. He wrestled with the best, took on guys like Triple H, Undertaker, The Rock, Cena, Shawn Michaels, and others. His favorite Batista match was with against the Undertaker at WrestleMania 23. That was also a good one too. Uh, yeah. It, you don't think it was, Jay? No. No, that was one of my favorites. I oh, thought that was. That's me at twenty-three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but that, still, that, that sold the show, in my opinion. Right. Of course. They went on so early too, and they were both pissed off about that. And uh, you know, they definitely went out there and put on a good show. Oh, absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your opinions. And I will be posting the link to the Wikipedia uh, story here on the um, on the Revolution Radio Facebook page for everyone to read later on. Uh, great, more and more good uh, personal details about Batista there in there as well. Some I didn't even realize. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know if anyone ever had a copy of SmackDown vs. Raw 08 Maybe with a PlayStation 2, like I have, I still have it now. That it would it would show there are different times of the game uh, a particular wrestler, and it would show certain facts about that wrestler. Now, one time it showed about Batista, and Jamie, I had to leave right there. Uh, Jamie, thank you very much for coming on here tonight. So, JD, I'll ask you this personal opinion. Okay. Uh, um, I saw on this game. That Batista had um, had been discovered by, and credit for wrong on this, by Mister Perfect and Road Warrior Animal. Now, is that 
account accurately. I think if I, I I'm not sure if I, I I know what you're talking about. I think I have a game somewhere. If not, I, I think they you have to unlock. I don't know if you have to unlock a code or have to go through a season of just unlock those guys. However, or if they were on the game, they were just thrown there as a special tribute as part of the game. Okay, but what, what I was saying is in some in some of the facts, plus mm-hmm. and in some of the did you know stuff that was on that game, and it, it said that. While he was in a bodybuilding competition, that he was discovered by Mr. Perfect and Road Warrior Animal. Um, let me see. That was Batista you're talking about, right? I don't. Is that Perfect Batista? Yes. Yeah. Let me just double check here. I'm, um, hold on. Let check up. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page here. Hold on. Uh, it says, however, it, it doesn't sound like it. Because I mean, when they said when he began his pro wrestling career, however, he tried out the plan and was emphasized by Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. I don't remember him saying anything about that. Okay, well, if you know anyone that's got a copy of this game that I'm yeah. referring to, yeah, and you have them look that up. I mean, it, it said it in the game, and mm-hmm. I'm just double checking to see if because it was not mentioned in the Wikipedia page, but it was an interesting fact that if he was actually discovered by Mr. Perfect, the Road Warrior Animal. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting, though. I mean, but I mean that, that's what I had heard. So that's what I heard. Uh, <coughs> Like I said, the J-Mail experience had to leave us here. To, he, had, he had a couple things he had to do, but we do thank him for coming on here tonight making his appearance. And I believe he will also be making another appearance, of course, three days before Christmas on the, our Tuesday edition of Revolution. Then uh, 1-724-444-7444, call D one three eight zero five five pounds You are listening to the Mothership Broadcast of the, of the radio network, WWS Revolution. I'm, of course, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw. Back on the line here with, with you here uh, this uh, this evening, and of course joining me here uh, do a, a, a two of the five men that bring you raw radio every Monday afternoon at three right here on talkshow.com. Of course, the Iceman JD Jerry Jerome on the line here with me tonight. Of course, 2015 Hall of Famer, as well as of course in addition to raw radio, you can catch him of course on Wrestling Revisited every Tuesday night, Tuesday night at seven, and of course now in the Outlook now at its new time every Sunday night at uh, also Sunday night at seven, right here on TalkShow.com. And of course, join join us on the chat box here tonight. The human suplex machine, John Gross. Uh, and of course, here tonight, we, of course, uh, some of our folks here who have, we have uh, we have, we have missed here. Of course, obviously, uh, King NWO Gerard T. Smith. Of course, he is uh, falling under the weather, and I hope he hope he uh, he'll be returning tomorrow night to NWO Wolfpack. We'll hopefully, we'll be talking to him. Also, the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds. I think she, of course, she's been talking about her son. You know, um, excellent by the way in terms of uh, uh, not a bad start to a young wrestling career like that. And uh, of course, as we're now dubbing him in the radio network, Brock 2.0. <laughs> so uh, we can't wait to see some more good things about him. Uh, of course, uh, everyone else, and uh, we all wish you well and just return as best as you possibly can. Uh, JD, John, we have about maybe 15 minutes, less than, a little more than 15 minutes. I say we do a couple rounds of fantasy matchups. It's just the three of us here. Sounds good. Um, sounds good. And John, be thinking of a match. And of course, if you want to include our wrestler profile series talk tonight about Batista, you can. Uh, just whomever you want to um, include, just go ahead. 
Uh, JD, I will start with you, sir. And you please, sir, please provide us with a fantasy matchup. All right. First match, since we are going to mention Batista, we'll put him in a matchup tonight with Rhino. Ooh, Batista versus Rhino, of course. Uh, uh, very, very powerful to say the least. Uh, uh, Being an excellent encounter, in my personal opinion. Um, uh, JD, got to hear your thoughts here, Batista versus Rhino. And. Uh, this is a tough one. You got the battle, of the Batista bomb versus the Gore, but I think Batista's going to be Gored here. I'm going to take Rhino. Okay, uh, <coughs> uh, John, who do you think would pull the win off in this match between between Batista and Rhino? Why does that? I'm going to say, and John believes Batista would pull the win off in this. Uh, you know what? I used to this a whole bunch of times on Raw Radio Monday afternoon. I guess I'm going to do the same thing again. I'm going to say a draw. Uh, because this would be too, too close. It would be a great match, but too close to call on this. So, uh, And John's already got one up, but he's got a doozy in a match here. The big boss man taking on KO Kevin Owens. Oh, that is good. Mm, that is a good one. Uh, JD, your thoughts, boss man versus KO? Pop-up powerbomb versus the boss man sidewalk slam. You got two big bulls. I haven't used a draw. In a few days, I'm going to have to do it here. Okay. John believes KO would, would, would pull off the win in this. And me, believe it or not, uh, uh, J.D., I'm going to go along with you on this. I'm going to also, once again, uh, say a draw here because, uh, like you said, two big bulls. I mean, they this, this match would probably take about a good 10, 15, 20 minutes, uh, my personal opinion. So, so I would have to say I would also have to say a draw in this. Uh let's see here. Uh hmm. My turn here. Let's see what we'll let's see what we got. These two and we're gonna do a Divas tag team match here. And these two Divas have actually been feuding with each other via Twitter. So I said, no, let's just put them together. Let's see if they can coexist together, which I don't know if they could in real life. Well, let's just see. Let's just give it a try and see. Oh, you have Paige teaming up with Alundra Blaze <laughs> versus. <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. Versus the reuniting of the Thunderdactyls, Naomi and Cameron. JD, uh, your thoughts on this tag team, on this Divas tag match? Can Paige and Medusa get along against Cameron and Naomi? Cameron, of course, down there in NXT, however, who is terrible. Naomi, of course, doing her thing with Beautiful and Dangerous. Hmm. You know what, though? I want to take, as crazy as it sounds, the oddballing pairing of the uh, gothic Paige and uh, the blonde Medusa. Sounds good. And John agrees with me on that account. Uh, myself, uh, this would be a great match here. Um... Uh, Kind of similar, if you think about it, J.D., to the Raw Tag Team title match in 97 in which Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels had to team up against Owen Hart and the Bulldog. And they, and they also teamed up again, They also teamed up the second time going up against the Road Warriors. Yes, indeed. And somehow, even though I don't think deep down they didn't really like each other, but still they came out victorious in the win. Yep. Uh, I'd have to say Paige and Medusa. I'd have to say that, too. 
And then, of course, after they won, of course, after they can go back and argue with each other all they want. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, JD, uh, go ahead once again, my man. Start out this, start us uh, up again, and uh, and present us with one. John, go ahead and be thinking of another one as well. So, JD, throw out another one if you please, sir. All right, let's go with Sami Zayn since he is making his return next week, and we're going to make him into a fatal four-way. However, uh-huh. Sami Zayn versus Ray Junior. Versus Juice and Thunder Liger versus Brian Pillman. Oh. Uh, so we've got uh, Sami Zayn, Ray Jr., uh, Juice and Thunder Liger, and, of course, the loose cannon, Brian Pillman. Uh, great fatal four way match here, to say the least. Uh, John, who do you think will pull off the win in this? JD, your thoughts on this match? Ooh, you got the hell of a kick, the 619. The flying Pillman, uh, Air, Air Pillman, and of course you got uh, the uh, the Lager bombs. Hmm. You got the Battle of Mexico, Canada, Japan, uh, Canada again, and you got also uh, the USA. You know what? I'm going with Pillman. You're going with Pillman. John saying, I think he's going with Sandy Zane. He's saying hell of a kick. Yep, that's one of his finishers, his trademark. Yep. And in fact, he'll be at the UK show on, uh, he'll be supposedly there next Wednesday. And that leads me oh. to wonder who wins, if the winner of Balor and Joe, I mean, could be taken on, wouldn't this be weird how, if Joe should win, it could be Joe and Zayn, but if not, could you see Finn and Samoa Joe at the next takeover going at it for the title, if Finn retains? That would be a phenomenal, phenomenal match between those two. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, I... You, I would have to definitely agree with that, 110. percent uh, And also, as for the, who they would pull off the win in this, because uh, John's got his matchup next. Ah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Four great high flyers here. Uh, uh, it, it, this match would probably last about 30 minutes, and then we'd all flying all around, all over the place. Uh, I gotta say, Ray Jr. I say somehow the underdog pulls off another win. I play my personal opinion. So, uh, and here's here's one by John. Another big one-on-one match, inspired by our wrestler profile series here tonight. Batista taking on Gerard's boy, Scott Hall. Oh, oh, oh. oh great match, John. Great yeah, match. really your good match on, here. I mean, this your, is good. Yeah, your thoughts on your on a winner, <clears throat> on a winner, John. Uh, uh, JD, your thoughts on the winner, please. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say, you know what though, the bad guy with the razor's edge wins it. Okay, ah, uh, can, can I see? Excellent, excellent point of view there, uh, JD. Uh, John, who do you think will pull off the win between Batista and Scott Hall? Why do that? I'll be thinking this as well. Uh, this match would last. I love putting doing it this way. This, this is not bad. This match would probably last a good 15, 20 minutes. The fans would definitely be entertained by it, in my personal opinion. Uh, <clears throat> but I think somehow, even with no interference, I really think Scott Hall would pull the win off of this myself. And John also says, Scott Hall and the Razor's Edge. Hey, yo. <laughs> nice, great match there, John. Excellent match. Excellent. Uh, <clears throat> Okay, let's see what else we got here. Let's see, my turn here, and I will say, hmm, 
One thing about Batista we didn't mention real quick, though, um, this is going to blow your mind. I mean, in his personal life, he's been married three times now. I see. Oh, okay. He was with his wife, Angie, for a while. He just got remarried this past year, and he got married at a young age, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, interesting, interesting. (coughs) Um, Well, let's see here. Ah, yes. Here, let's let's talk about a a uh, hmm, oh yeah here's a good one an eight man tag team match and we're gonna call this an eight man family tag team match and you'll get what I'm saying here in just a minute on one side you have the Usos teaming up with the Wild Samoans. They're teaming up with each other now. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And they're going to be taking on. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Eddie, Hector, Chavo Sr., and Mondo, the Guerrero family. The Samoa Dynasty versus the Guerrero family. JD, your thoughts on this eight man family tag team match? Ah, uh, you got the Battle of Mexico. Versus the Samoan family dynasty. This is a tough one, but you know what? Uh, family's family in any language, however. But you know what? I just think the Samoans and uh, them are just too strong here. So I'm going to take the Samoan dynasty. Samoan, okay. Uh, John, your thoughts on this match here? Uh, the head, the Wild Samoans teaming up with the Usos, taking on Eddie, Chavo Sr., Mondo, and Hector Guerrero. Uh John says the Guerrero family pulls it off with Eddie getting gets to win hitting Sika with the frog splash. Hmm. I like that analogy. This would this is be a tough one here. Uh, I, I, think, I, think the, uh, well, I think the other members of the family, each team will be fine outside the ring. I think the only one that would be left in the ring would be, I would say, Jimmy Uso and Eddie Guerrero. Uh, I think somehow Jimmy Uso gets it. I, I have to agree with you, J.D. I'm also going to have to say the Samoan dynasty gets a win in this as well. Absolutely. Uh, we've got time. We'll go around just one more time before we end the night here. So, uh, John, be thinking of one more match to uh, end the night. And, uh, J.D., of course, go ahead and bring us what you have here, please, sir. All right. We haven't done Divas all night. We're going to do one Divas match. It'll be Charlotte Flair taking on the Perfect Ten baby doll. Ah, Charlotte was a baby for Charlotte, of course, the daughter of one of the legendary members of the Four Horses of Nature War, Ric Flair, current Divas champion, we also should say, and a former NXT Women's champion indeed. A very excellent match here. Uh, J.D., your thoughts here? Uh, Charlotte taking on baby doll. Well, you're going to have Ric Flair in the corner of, uh, obviously, Charlotte, and in the corner of uh, Baby Doll, possibly you're going to have Tully Blanchard, two guys who are members of the Horsemen. Uh, friendship thrown out the window here. You know what, though? I think Charlotte's going to find a way to win with the uh, Charlotte's Web. Okay. Thank you very much there. And John also agrees with you, Charlotte, pull the win off of this. This would be kind of a, this would be kind of a knockout, uh, kind of a knockout Stopping around, if you will, here. Uh, Divas, the D- D- Divas brawl right here. But I'll have to go along again and say Charlotte myself. Indeed. 
Uh, John, go ahead, one more match, and I'll be thinking of one while you do that. <clears throat> also, while he's doing that, I'll go ahead and make the announcement. This Sunday night at 6 o'clock, a uh, special edition of WCWS Revolution, of course, our preview show for TLC 2015. Of course, uh, we, we heard last night, of course, Michelle and JD already have some pretty interesting bets, and uh, they're going to be talking, comparing all those and talking talking uh, their personal thoughts and opinions on who will win each match at TLC. Of course, we did hear the announcement that, uh, let me see, who was it? It was uh, the Dudley Boys, uh, Tommy Dreamer, and Rhino taking on the Wyatts in that match, which would be pretty interesting. Uh, so, uh, uh, nonetheless, like I said, uh, this Sunday night at 6 o'clock, uh, be sure to join us here for a special edition of Revolution where we give our predictions and like we make two or three little bets here to see who will win each match here at TLC 2015. Uh, <clears throat> and, of course, that phone number, as always, as before, would be 1-724-444-7444. Of course, call ID for this course, for Revolution, one three eight zero five five pounds Okay. Uh, John, uh, to make this interesting, which two which two brothers are you referring to? I'm not gonna say who it is yet, JD, because it might be, yeah. it might, it might. Okay, I won't surprise you with this. Which two brothers are you talking about in your match here? Okay, thank you very much. He's got his main event is a tag team match. He's got the Hart brothers, Owen and Brett, taking on Big E and Kofi of the New Day. <laughs> well, we know who Gerard would take, however, in this case, and had it with his unicorn symbol of power, and he's probably wearing his unicorn uh, hat, hat, let's just say, tonight in more ways than one. Sorry. And uh, speaking of uh, Owen, of course, that DVD came out just yesterday. Of course, I'm going to be getting it here in a few days, hopefully next week sometime. I will give you guys my early take on it. I mean, I've seen the trailer for it. It looks fantastic. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Owen and Brett. Okay. Uh, John, who do you think will pull the win off in this match between Owen and Bret Hart and the New Day? And John says he may call in on Sunday to let him know, let us know of his uh, of his thoughts about TLC. So. All right. And he's also going with Owen and Bret Hart, and I think I'm going to do the same thing too. Uh, uh, great match there, John. Excellent, excellent match. Dynamite match. Uh, John, John says Bret makes Kobe submit to the sharpshooter. Ah, there you go. Yeah. I have to agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, let's see one more here. Uh, hmm. We're going to pick. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. We're going to do a tag team, and we're going to do. I'm going to do one more tag team match to close out tonight. It's going to be <clears throat> two wrestlers from one stable versus two wrestlers from another stable. And here's how we're going to do this. Uh, from representing the Bobby Heenan family, of course, you will have Rick Rude, Ravishing Rick Rude, teaming up with, let's see, uh, Andre the Giant. There you go, sounds good. And they will, And they will take on Let's see. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Representing Jimmy Hart's stable, Earthquake, and the Honky Tonk Man. 
So you have, like I said, Rick Rude teaming up with Andre the Giant versus Earthquake teaming up with the Honky Tonk Man. The Heenan family versus Jim, the Jimmy Hart segment. Your thoughts on this, J.D.? The Heenan family wins this one. You got a big seven foot four, five hundred pound monster man, and you know what? How you got the ravishing one with Bobby the Weasel Heenan in tow. However, sorry, Jimmy Hart, the megaphone ain't gonna help you this time. <coughs> Very good there, JD. And of course, John also says Rick Rude and Andre to pull the win off here. Uh, great match here all around. Uh, and I definitely want—I would have to go along with that assessment too. I definitely would have to say Rick Rude and Andre uh, <clears throat> kind of give Bobby Heenan another win, of course, in his infamous wrestling career as a manager. Of course, Jimmy Hart let, let, left high and dry, seeing both. Uh, but I say earthquake and the honky top man laying flat on their face in the middle of the ring. There you go. Gentlemen, <clears throat> uh, thank you very much for all those fantasy matchups here tonight. And I personally, like I said, once again, want to thank the JML experience for making his return to revolution here tonight. Uh, of course, helping us out here, you know, giving his thoughts and opinions about our wrestler profile series on Batista. <clears throat> and of course, all of our wrestling history and birthdays, John, thank you very much for providing that here to us. And also, J.D., thank you for bringing, thank you very much for the news. I'm sure if anything else does pop up going in towards uh, tomorrow and Friday night, please let us know so we can keep everybody up to date on all this. Uh, <clears throat> and I believe uh, King and W. Gerard T. Smith will be making his return to, to Wolfpack here tomorrow night. And John has no further wrestling thoughts. Uh, J.D., any final wrestling thoughts before we leave the air tonight? Not so much wrestling, but baseball. Uh, earlier today, uh, one of our ball players, uh, if you are a baseball fan, however, of uh, baseball, Neil Walker, who played second base for the Pittsburgh Pirates and was a hometown boy for about 10 years, however, was traded to the New York Mets uh, in exchange for a 30-year-old pitcher. Uh, the Pirate fans here, like me, are irate about this move. The Pirates in the last three years have done pretty well uh with their regular season lat this past year, they had 98 wins. They had a pretty good second baseman. And yeah, he's a somewhat above average hitter, but he's one of the best uh, second basemen in the league, I feel. And I think some people may agree to disagree on that thought. But uh, obviously, with the PIM being lost now to New York, however, I mean, we want to say thank you for 10 great years, Neil. Uh, personally, a lot of friends and family out there in Pittsburgh, I know, are very upset tonight, how like me, that the Pirates made this move. However, it just goes to show you now that just when the Pirates looked like they were going to compete with the teams like Chicago and St. Louis, however, for possibly a pennant maybe, they're going to take some steps backward now. And it's just heartbreaking because I think a lot of people realize they lost one of the best second basemen in the league by far. And uh, I think you just insult the fans and talents of the ownership, especially insult the fans' intelligence by just basically trading away one of your best players, and it's just downright despicable, in my opinion. Oh, I, um, I did, and by your, by your assessment there, I do. I would have to agree with you on that. Uh, thank you very much for providing that here. Of course, I want to let everyone know where it's tomorrow night. Uh, of course, our Thursday night uh, second installment of the radio network, NWO Wolfpack, we back back on and run. Of course, King NWO Gerard T. Smith will, uh, hopefully will be of course, making his uh, return to that, uh, and hopefully he is, he does recover and feel better from his uh, from his uh, predicament um, that we, we were informed about earlier today. Uh, of course, I also like to thank Human Suplex Machine John Gross for joining us on the chat box. You can always hear him alongside JD and the rest of the Fat Five 
of Raw Radio every Monday afternoon at 3, right here on TalkShoot.com. And, of course, also, as always, the Iceman, J.D., Jared DiGiromo. Thank you very much for joining me there, J.D. Uh, of course, you can catch him, of course, with other than Revolution and Wolfpack here during the week. You can catch him, of course, on Raw Radio, like I said, every Monday afternoon at 3. Uh, Indie Outlook now on every Sunday night, Sunday night at 7. Now, I will say, due to our pay-per-view special, Indie Outlook will not be done at all. I will make that point. Uh, so that way we won't do too much during that day. So everyone wants to watch the pay-per-view. So we won't do an Indie Outlook this Sunday evening. I will let you know about that. Okay. <clears throat> and also, of course, Wrestling Revisited every Tuesday night at 7, which, of course, yesterday Gerard and J.D. did an awesome job with that. Uh, with with that well with, with that show uh, as always and of course they continue to bring new heights to, to it and all that and and JD is always great to bright great we took to no pun intended we took it to the extreme yesterday with a nice review and next week we're going to have another one for you obviously and then of course this Monday our Marvel we're going to have a great show lineup for you we're going to talk about TLC of course the aftermath we're going to preview the NXT Takeover London show which is a week from today. And, uh, of course, we'll have fantasy matchups, a little wrestling revisit, but coming up and following next Monday's show, or this Monday's show, I should say, the day before my birthday, by the way, the following, the last two shows of the year, we're going to have a little bit of fun with you all, however. We're going to do one, uh, Wrestling Stories of the Year, obviously. I think a lot of people want to talk about what great stories we've had over the past year. And then we're going to also take a look back, or should I say, yeah, we're going to take a look back right before Christmas on the 21st. Obviously, with the stories of the year, how and what people uh, thought the best stories of the year were, and what the worst stories of the year were in wrestling, and then we're going to preview the 2016 calendar. We're going to look ahead to 2016 in a big way by giving you our early predictions for 2016. So you might want to stay tuned for that. Oh, absolutely. We'll definitely be listening on that. Of course, JD has a full lineup of everything. Uh, uh, of course, that new seven other members of the Fab Five. <clears throat> we should say the. Uh, the uh, Cerebral Six, we should say now, uh, uh, of course, with uh, with the, of course, the announcement made last night by me, of course, adding Lo- Mr. Lowdown himself, Kendrick Smith, to the Raw Radio broadcast team, as well as, of course, uh, to the uh, team that brings you, uh, excuse me, oh, excuse me, uh, rest of, thank you very much, uh, also uh, the team that brings you Rest and Revisited as well, uh, Kendrick Smith, of course, has been a huge part of the radio network here, coming on here, voicing his thoughts and opinions on all of our discussions. Of course, now, as such a part of the radio network family, we congratulate him on that. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, we do, like I said, thank everyone for joining us here tonight for this uh, special, for this uh, great uh, U.S. Revolution uh, broadcast. Of course, like I said, uh, Tonight's rest of the profile series on Batista will be uh, will be posted in the Revolution Radio Facebook page for everyone to read. Uh, might find out some interesting stuff about Batista that that even you did not even know about, and there was some stuff that I didn't even know about about the man. But it was still great nonetheless. So thank, thank you for joining us here, myself for for joining for joining us here tonight for the Human Surface Machine, John Gross, the JML Experience, uh, <clears throat> the Iceman, JD, Jerry Geralmo, and of course I am Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw. Saying thank you so much once again for uh, joining us on this very action-packed revolution. This has been a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network, where it's for wrestling fans, by wrestling fans, and, of course, it is always your wrestling connection. We will talk to you tomorrow night from 9 to 11 p.m., 138-521-POUND on NWO Wolfpack.
So thank you. Take care. See you in the ring. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, in the radio network, God bless. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.